degrading, violent, and demoralizing. <laughs> On your feet and listen up. This is Service Headline News. I'm your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perrott. What's going on, guys? And our man in the closet, Jake. Oh, in the closet. Question mark. Surrounded by flannel as usual. (laughs) And we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all servicemen and women. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing In Podcast presents Service Headline News. I was practicing your name today, Jake, because I said it so dumb the last couple of times. And let the bodies hit the floor came up. Oh, and I was like, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this thing that reminds me of that same thing. Did you ever see when uh, Wisconsin, the football team, transitions from the third quarter to the fourth quarter? No. And you get that four-beat note, and then it goes, jump, go ahead and jump, jump. And the whole fucking place is jumping up. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. They started that shit in 98. It's been around for 30 years. So it's a hell of a transition. An old tradition. Jump. Yeah, that's it. But there's like four notes that starts it. It's really weird, the first four notes. Is that Christmas? No, it was uh, Everlast or some shit like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Wisconsin Badger football does that. Huh? Third to fourth quarter. Huh. Pretty right. cool. But it <laughs> it reminded me of you saying, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you did it better. I like that. <laughs> that sounded like a little motorcycle impersonation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you want to change you names? Go. I'll take Wall. We could ever get take a rod. Beats per minute up above 32. (laughs) But maybe we can when we talk about some of the stories tonight. So, Eric, let's get Jake's heartbeat racing with your history today. So guess what I'm... Altitude breaking? I am not, no. Nor am I going to ask you if you know what it is, because I already know you won't. This is pretty isolated. Yeah, so back in the day... World War II, we were fighting a war with allies. And as you guys remember, you had Stalin, you had Churchill, you had Eisenhower, not Eisenhower, but uh, Roosevelt. And there was always problems with order of battle, right? Everybody wanted to do it their way. Montgomery was always trying to beat Patton. Patton was always, right. right? All right. So this one occurred 15 August, 1944. It's called Operation Dragoon and the decline of the Anglo-American alliance. So it was another, yeah. It's just highlighting the fact that we as allies didn't go harmoniously all the time into battle. There were a number of times with fights. So Operation Dragoon, formerly Anvil, was a hugely successful Allied operation that occurred in southern France in August of 1944. It was part of the Allied campaigns that occupied 1944. Unlike other venerated and popular operations of that year, namely Operations Overlord and Market Garden, 
historians have regulated Dragoon to passing mentions in most histories of the war. To do so is a mistake because closer examination of the operation reveals the complex ways that allied relations functioned and became strained during the, the togetherness year of the war and how those problems persisted in post-war writing about the operation. So I'm not going to go too much into it, but I want to give you this part here. Churchill was against it. Um, the consensus surrounding Anvil and Dragoon quickly vanished. Churchill worked to cancel the operation. He frequently wrote and complained to anyone who would listen that Anvil was falling. Churchill argued that the invading force would get marooned on the beach, much like Mark Clark's Fifth Army did at Anzio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was General Jacob Devers. He was the uh, planner for Operation Dragoon. He continued preparations despite the operation's cancellation. So everybody was prepping for Operation Overlord. This operation was supposed to remove Germans away from the Normandy front so they would occupy southern France so D-Day could happen a little more um, easily. They wouldn't have to, to face so many. Oh, was it like a feint? Was it, like it, it was supposed to be like a feint, but they were also trying to remove the Germans from the southern front, which gave them a new route for supplies and stuff. So the plan for Anvil was nearly complete. It called for an American and French army to land just east of Marseille and Toulon and capture them. Uh, they were two important port cities that would increase Allied supply capacity on the French mainland. Churchill still opposed the operation vehemently and dissented to both Eisenhower and Roosevelt, but to no avail, American strategists and leaders carried the day. The operation was renamed Dragoon, on August 1st due to security concerns and commenced on August 15th, 1944. So I'm going to go down here. Uh, like a they, year before. Yeah. Right? Or, no. This is the one I like. Well, this was uh, a month after, or two months after. After. Okay. The landings went well for the Allies. On Dragoon's D-Day, the Allies landed 94,000 men and only suffered just 395 casualties. The first French army quickly surrounded Marseille and Toulon. Both cities fell to the French on August 28, a full month earlier than anticipated. The Seventh Army attempted to cut off the German 19th Army near Montalamar. They failed to encircle the retreating Germans, but the ensuing battle left the 19th Army badly damaged and in full flight towards the Franco-German border. The operation formally ended in mid-September after the 7th Army made contact with General George Patton's 3rd Army advancing from the west. The operation was a, a resounding success. It opened up a new supply route for Eisenhower, expelled the Germans from southern France, and provided the French with an opportunity to participate in their own liberation. This is the part I wanted to talk about, though. The conclusion of the operation was not the end of the debate surrounding it. In Churchill's post-war memoirs, he continued to ridicule the operation. He cited it as one of the reasons why Stalin was able to amass influence in the Balkans and Eastern Europe. Eisenhower, for his part, claimed that there was no development of that period which added more decisively to our advantages than did this secondary attack coming up from the Rhone Valley. Due to the new Cold War era, Churchill's interpretation of events involving Operation Dragoon went out, and as a result, 
Generations of historians have designated the operation as a sideshow. Okay. So I just wanted to identify the fact that there were a number of operations that were ran and because of allies being allies, there was a lot of fighting, infighting on, you know, which operation was good because you guys know Operation Market Garden, total failure, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's where and, Eisenhower deferred to Montgomery. Yeah. too far, right? Yeah. Right. That's right. So there was a lot of infighting amongst the allies and it wasn't, you know, I think for the most people who are listening, most would say, oh man, you know, we made great allies. We, we went in there as one big team. Well, that wasn't the case in a lot of times, and, yeah. and Operation Dragoon was one of those times. Though it was a success, there was a lot of infighting of whether it should be done or not. You know, it's interesting because you get, um, I think the biggest uh, indicator of that was Pat, right, with George C. Scott, that movie. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how how accurate it is, but, but, but that uh, whole uh Italian campaign, Sardinia campaign, where they're like, don't go up there. And he's like, too late. I'm already up there, you know, just so he could beat yeah. Montgomery. Now, I think there was obviously an element of that, but I don't know how, how accurate that was. But if it was, uh, Jesus, you got guys like, we're going, and I don't care what it does to my guys, but we got to get there first. That's Well, and I think I like the fact of what you called it, more of a faint than a sideshow. Because the idea was to, hey, we're down here. We're going to remove you from the southern France well, area. focus at least, yeah. Right. Remove yeah. it from the D-Day so the landings can go and you can, you know, get inland more. Yeah. Um, well, so they I, were having, I wonder if this was planned because they were having a hell of a time trying to get off the beach, right? Even though they, they established a beach head, but yeah. they couldn't move inroads because of the, the head they just country kept, and all that other stuff. Yep. So I wonder kept moving if back. that's what was in there so if we ever get general petty on we can ask him about that he's probably researched it oh i guarantee there's i mean it said in my article there was a number of historians that have debated whether um see if i can find that part uh, that's why i always thought it was it's pretty amazing when you go over the gulf war and what schwarzkopf had to deal with and yeah. then he had to make sure that these guys weren't assaulted and we didn't, we didn't go into this area and that area. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So this article, there is much to learn from both the operation and the debates surrounding it. Churchill's insistence that it was a mistake led to its delay. In fact, when Dragoon yeah. occurred, its effects were the opposite of its original intention. Dragoon was supposed to be a secondary attack that drew German forces away from the fight in Normandy. Instead, it was the draw of units from Army Group G, Germans, to the Normandy front that allowed for the quick Allied exploitation of the landings in southern France. The Dragoon and Amble debate also highlights the tension that existed among the Anglo-American relationships at the closing stages of war. Great Britain relied heavily on American manpower and material, isolating Stalin and the Russians. Yeah. So... Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. 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 Especially because you never hear about it. Yeah. I didn't know there was another subsequent landing after that. So, and it's called Forgotten Fights. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Forgotten Fights. This one was forgotten. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. What do you think? I like it. Jake? I like, you like it. it. Jake, I Jake like likes it. it. 
Yeah. We'll sign off on it. Well done. <laughs> All right, let's we're gonna, uh let's we're gonna go. bring in guests and have you compete for this day in history. You have to compete for your position. Not against yeah, Patty. Don't bring in Patty. I'd lose that. Bring battle. him in there, boy. You better Woo. have a, you better have your shit together on. I'd have a thesis <laughs> on a battle. <laughs> you don't stumble through an article like you just read it 30 seconds before we went live. So no. Well, I actually tried to read this one before and get a little background on it. So yeah, you didn't stumble yeah. through it or nothing. So that sounded good. Yeah. Uh okay, let's get on the news. Uh, let's talk about a, a little bit about the Maui fire, which is, and, and I know uh, there are updates to this. I just pulled a story uh, about when it first happened. So, cause it's talking about the coast guard. Uh, it was funny when we did that story about the uh, Titan submersible. Yeah. Right. Remember that was just kind of just happening. And we did it on yeah. the news. My brother wrote in the comments, he's like, Sorry, guys, they all died. And I was like, we know that now. But, but when we did it, we didn't know that. It was like, God, hey, we're not that immediate. We're not that responsive. So, yeah, jeez. That Maui stuff, the, the Maui fire is terrible. That's I, insane. Remember yeah. when I was just there and I was, you know, you guys, I sent the picture of my hat and we were on the beach. Where was that at? Yeah. Maui. Yeah. No, well, thank you. That Lahaina, were you in Lahaina? Yeah. Oh, in okay. fact, okay. On the news, they showed a pineapple uh, uh, ice cream store right there, looking down. Yeah. I stood right there and ate my ice cream oh, right there that's, in the middle of that. That's insane. Man, that's crazy. Oh yeah, it's funny. We were talking about that on on my uh, deck. We had some friends over, and we yeah. were talking that we went to Maui. Maui burns. I went to Greece, Rhodes burns. And I was in Rhodes right before the fire. Oh, They're all like, we're leaving and don't come to our house. I'm like, I got it. Yeah, so. Yeah, geez. so from task and uh, the coast guard rescues 14 people from the ocean after fleeing the Maui wildfires. So uh, last week, the coast guard rescued 14 people who fled Wait, the from the ocean, from the ocean. The way you said that. So they rescued 14 people who fled the raging wildfires on Maui by going into the Pacific Ocean, said Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder, who's a Pentagon spokesman. A 45-foot response boat medium from Coast Guard Station Maui and Coast Guard MH-65 Dolphin from Air Station Barbers Point took part in the rescue. Uh, oh, shit, Barbers Point, that's on Oahu, so... They, they came all the way over from there. Wow. The 14 people were rescued on Tuesday, last Tuesday, from the Lahaina Harbor break wall and are all listed in stable condition, a Coast Guard news release said. Now, in another article from the Army Times, uh, this lays out at least a couple days ago on who all was involved militarily helping with the Maui fires. The National Guard has dispatched 134 troops, including 99 Army National Guard personnel and 35 Air National Guard personnel. On August 9th, Guard troops completed 58 aerial water drops of more than 100,000 gallons of water in a matter of five hours. Coast Guard boat crews saved at least 17 people who've been driven into the sea by the flames and located 40 survivors on shore. 
Wow. And he, can you imagine all that smoke and they're on yeah. shore? What, what do you do? You go in the water, or you try to stay on shore and still try to breathe, right? Yeah, yeah crazy. Your safest bet is to go out to the river wall. Yeah. Uh, that's that's my safest and bet. Let's just evacuate the natural. Just hold on in the water, still yeah. try to breathe. Oh, man. Uh, hey, too there hard. are no military installations on Maui, are there? Is there anything military? No, there's nothing I military. Didn't, I didn't think so. Yeah, there's military bases out there. There's an EW Guard Squadron, and there's the optical sensor on the top of Maui. Oh, oh okay. That's that's I did not know Trading that. information right But <laughs> they are away from that area. Is yeah, that they're, they're up. Fires on the right? eastern eastern area, and... Is Lahaina's on uh, the wayward side, right? The western side. I I don't even know. Yeah, I think it's on the western side or the Ah. wayward side, which is uh, the leeward side, I should say, not wayward. The leeward side, which is always much drier than the other side of the island. So all I know is I was at a vodka distillery and could see both sides. And that fire leveled everything, right? Yeah. All that that you were standing at just a couple months ago. Gone. Gone. Crazy. Uh, two Army National Guard CH-47 Chinooks also went to support wildfire response. Do we know what started it? I've heard that it was just a wildfire. Do we, well, was it man-made or lightning That's strike where or? all the controversy is now. Right? Okay. So we still haven't <laughs> figured that out yet. No, they haven't. But uh, I know one of the issues that some people are saying is that the electrical company didn't cut power. And so all the lines that were up were fully charged. And when they, if they went down, then they could spark. So I don't, I don't know. That's there's, Santa Ana wind problem. Yeah. Every year they have that same issue with that Santa Ana wind. Oh, really? Blowing over the power lines? In California, yeah, yeah. they blow up the power lines. I don't know, but I, I've heard that that's what uh, a lot of the big source of controversy is now is how they started. Right? Now, some some knuckleheads are already out going, it's climate change. I was like, no, oh, man. Hey, we're not to the point where there's spontaneous fires just breaking. Yeah. Out, right? Yeah, um, they have arson fires in Oregon almost every year. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, along with natural lightning forest fires. So sure. I mean, so, that would make uh, sense if there was lightning or. Now I had heard uh, some reports that some of the people who went in the water were in there for like hours, four or five Ugh. hours, waiting for somebody to come pick them up. Uh, and they were treading water, but the the air was so smoky. So you're like yeah. you're coughing from the smoke and trying to tread water at the same time. I'm like, oh my god. Well, you know, it, it's amazing to me because we talked about how long the history of Maui has been there forever, and it's yeah. never had this kind of destruction right. in in the town areas. I mean, that you know, the banyan tree that that's one of those that grows from yeah, the bottom no. up, that big one. Yeah, I heard that it's not going to survive, uh, and that thing that, has been there for centuries. Yeah, centuries. Right. Right. Crazy. Well, uh, I mean, well, look at. Look at uh, what was a hurricane for New Orleans when the levees broke, right? Uh, we yeah. haven't had a levee break in hundred some years or something like that. So, Katrina. Uh, I guess it is. You know, if you don't do any mitigation, if you don't take care, you know, and then there's all those stories about the alarms not going off. Uh, hmm. 
and warning anybody, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that does for you. If it's going at a mile a minute, like they were saying. Dude, can you imagine that? Holy no. Cow. Nobody could imagine. Like, yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, not trying to say that we're up to date on the latest, because we're not, because that's changing by the hour. Uh, but I did hear today that the Biden administration is now offering everybody affected by the Maui fire $700. You going to buy him a cup of coffee? $700. Oh my goodness. Well, and what do we what do we just approve another 20 billion to Ukraine? <laughs> Jesus. Dude, 700 bucks is not going to buy him a night in a hotel out there. I no. know. So, but that's what the Biden's doing. So, good on you, president. I guess it's better to poke in the eye, I guess. I suppose. I suppose. Something. Okay, so on to another interesting story here uh, from military.com. The Marines just graduated their first, well, just graduated a Sikh, S-I-K-H, a Sikh recruit. Uh, But he was able to go all the way through basic training with his beard and turban. So they've had Sikhs in the Marines and in the military before, but they were they all shaved their beard and had to go without their headgear. So this is a, a first for the U.S. military and for the Marines that he went all the way through with his beard and turban, which is religious religious articles. So uh, in a historic legal win for religious freedom of the military, a member of the Sikh community graduated from Marine Corps recruit training Friday, 11 August, while wearing articles of faith intrinsic to the South Asian religion, specifically a beard and turban. There we go. I'm really surprised they allowed the beard to stay. I get the, I get the head yeah. uh, headwear, but the beard, I mean, it's hair. It'll grow back. Well, we'll get into that. But look at his turban. It's even camouflaged. It's OCP. OCP turban. <laughs> Is that necessary? Anyway, it's interesting uh, how we go through this, and I just want I'm to thinking that was this. more of about to fit in with the. Well, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. No, we've had person. we've had Sikhs in a, in a bunch of other branches right. before. Yes, it's but not then going it, through with basic is crazy. They had to they had to shave, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, PFC Jaskarat Singh stood at attention while wearing a turban, beard, and unshorn hair. As he listened to the national anthem play on a parade deck in Marine Corps Recruit Depot, San Diego. For seeing the day was not only a culmination of three months of hard training, but nearly two years of legal uh, fight that allowed him to don traditional Sikh wear at boot camp. Ah, so he did have a fight prior, huh? Uh, yes. He graduated uh, with 0311 Military Occupation Specialty or Infantryman. His accomplishment represents an important step in years-long negotiations between the Sikh coalition. And I think the Sikh coalition is kind of a legal group that fights on behalf of the Sikhs. Uh, The Sikh coalition and the Marine Corps, which have butted heads since at least November 2021 over the accommodations according to the press release. These negotiations reached a fever pitch in April of last year, when Singh and three other plaintiffs sued the U.S. government after the Marine Corps offered an accommodation that would require Sikhs to surrender their turbans and beards while at boot camp. 
Eventually, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals granted Singh a preliminary injunction and ruled that the Marine Corps must allow Sikhs to wear their hair and beards in uniform, including at recruit training. So after that, D.C. Court of Appeal made that decision. Singh went off to boot camp in May 2023. So the legal win was only partial, however, and advocates are continuing to push for broader accommodations. Um Singh and, and other Sikhs are prohibited from wearing unshorn beards when deployed to areas where they would receive hostile fire or imminent danger pay. In other words, combat zones. Mm. The military has previously tried to make the argument that beard accommodations would interfere with military tasks like donning a gas mask and making a protective seal around one's face. Now, let's be honest. That's really the only task. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. There's, there's nothing else that a beard is really going to get yeah. in the way of. So. But, you know, from my point, when you arrive at basic training, especially for a Marine, we're going to knock you down and you're all going to be little maggots walking around together. So if one maggot has to lose his hair and face hair, all the other maggots, in my opinion, should have to lose all their face hair and their, and their headgear to be a comprehensive, cohesive team. That's, That's the only right. reason I would right. say that needs to go away. At the end of basic training, bring it back. I'm good. It almost seems like in reverse, right? So they won the court battle to say, okay, you can go through basic with your beard and turban. But when you get out in the real force, you're going to have to shave. Yeah, especially in a combat environment, which is it uh, almost, uh, it almost weird, should though. be the other way around. Because I agree with you. Basic is to strip you of what you were before, break you down, build you back up as a team, as a part of a unit. Yeah. Right? With the same beliefs and the same goals and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then once you go off into the force, you can wear that stuff. Because I, I remember uh, there was a captain walking around a Buckley who had the, um, what's the Jewish... Yamaka. Um, he yeah. was wearing a you I was like, okay, that's cool. But uh, uh, I don't know if he went through basic training with it, but he was certainly wearing it while he was walking around. And, and they frequently wear beards as well, correct? Uh, don't certain, most Jewish certain, uh, people have beards? Certain branches of Judaism, I think. Okay. Yeah. Right. But, they got the but most of the Hasidic Jews wouldn't Hasidic, come yeah. into the military anyway. Right. Right. If they're that devout and then they won't point. The military. it's not part of their system i don't think the belief system it's like a mennonite right yeah you know, Mennonites <laughs> don't believe in technology but or whatever so no no no. mennonites are amish with blenders they're cool with technology <laughs> they just they just have religious restrictions <laughs> okay i like it i'm serious, I'm serious. That's I, the only I, way I, I thought they were anti-technology now yeah. then they're restricted technology for sure, but they still rock the doilies. Oh, right, the, right, right, and right. And the specific color of garments and all yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they can drive and all that too. So, uh, cart and wagon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, like I said, uh, Singh. Uh, said that he has no problems performing any military task because of his articles and was able to get a good seal with the mask on, even with his beard. 
For example, he told military.com that when he is in an environment that requires a helmet, he already uh, has on his quote unquote patka or small turban, which yeah. easily fits under his headgear. So, so why doesn't he wear that? I, <laughs> I don't. Instead of the big patka, I don't wear know. the little patka. Um, PFC Singh similarly did not experience any issues in training. He was able to get a gas mask seal, like I said. Uh, the Sikhs coalitions, the Sikh coalition's legal efforts are not limited to the Marine Corps. For more than a decade, the coalition has headed efforts to help Sikhs serve in the military. In 2017, the group facilitated religious accommodations in the Army and did the same for the Air Force three years later. Yep. While the Sikh faith centers around oneness and equality, it is also steeped in a deep warrior saint tradition. Yep. Sikhs have been serving in the mil- American military for more than 100 years, as well as other militaries around the world. So, so my question in today's modern Marine Corps, do you believe any of his brothers in the Marines were questioning why he was allowed? Well, uh, that's what you open yourself up to. Or is it to, right? that big of a problem? That yeah, big. that's what you open yourself up to. I mean, in a smaller way, when they started, uh, you know, take a shaving wave. Mm-hmm. Those guys who break out and get bumps, right? Well, it's one thing to have a shaving waiver. It's another thing to abuse a shaving waiver. It's another yeah. thing to go, hey, how does that guy have a full beard? He got yeah. bumps all over his face, you know? <laughs> and so you just seem to open yourself up yeah. to a lot more issues. I mean, there's got to be at least one Marine in that group that he graduated with that said, why does he get to wear that shit and I don't? Uh, or I can't grow my beard? There's probably 15 of the 30 who are doing that. Because I I would do that too, because I'm a selfish little ass that way. Well, how many of you started smoking? Because smokers got to take a smoke break. <laughs> yeah. No, I started dipping. I didn't get any breaks. <laughs> right? That was dumb. Or the I, people that said, hey, I'm going to church Sunday. I don't believe in God, but I'm going to go because I'm going to get out of work. I think there's a factor, too, that people got to know, hey, I'm joining this organization and they have restrictions. So I either comply with those restrictions or I don't join. Here, here. Yeah. But the ones who go, no, I'm going to enforce my individuality on that and make them bend to my will went to an organization that values very little individuality. So, And I would say to him, if your God is a good God, which obviously he is, I don't think he's going to mind if you remove your hair on your face and your turban for six weeks of basic training. I, I agree. But I, don't I don't know, know what their beliefs are. I don't know. I, what I agree. I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's like the... I know that they're they. I can't remember. They're required to do five or carry five things. I was asked. I was asking one of one of the Sikhs I knew one time. Just one of the guys. I was like, okay, explain it to me. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Three of them are beard and hair. You got to cover your hair with your turban, and they keep growing their hair all the time. And the beard is because you're in like a human manly state the state that god created you in and then also almost all of them carry knives because it was kind of a warrior style religion yeah so it was very kind of viking-esque 
kind of guru Hindu kind of mentality of these are this is the warrior class of this group kind of thing. So I don't know what the other Q are. I forget. I could Google it really quick for you, but you mean like other sects of the Sikhs? No, uh, the Sikhs have like they have five things they have to do and carry at all times. It's a knife. They have to have really? they have to have a long beard and they have to have long hair, but their hair has to be kind of covered. So and then oh. I don't remember the rest. <laughs> well, it was it was to remind you of your religious kind of sure. No, I'm with, I'm with, and keep yeah, you on the straight number. Right. Just like Muslims pray five times a day. You know, Catholics do our fathers and Hail Marys well, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, it's... And by the uh, way, I want to preference this conversation with, I really doesn't care if he wears his turbine in a beard. I'll rock it, dude. Just, Have just, yeah, I, I, I'm just, for means of discussion. Yeah. Ultimately, I, like, I could give a shit. I like how you called it a turbine. <laughs> Get the turbine on! Aang, aang. Break it up. What y'all got there, turbine? (laughs) (laughs) So whatever happened, like back in the day, ladies were going undergoing chemo. You'd see a random white lady with a turban on. You're like, you knew right away, right? I never see that anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Rock a sweet wig or something. Maybe we're knocking out. Maybe we're knocking out cancer. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe. Yeah. That's what you go to. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be hopeful. All right, good call. Yeah, they're not walking around bald. Or, well, actually, some are. So, Stop by the way, are. North Two Carolina, three. Northern California has the biggest population of Sikhs. Sikhs. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know in Colorado, there's a big Sikh temple up there north of Denver, and way out by uh, itself. Yeah. What What nationality are we talking about? Is that an Indian? What 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 are they? What country? It's predominantly Indian. Okay. Hmm. Punjabi Americans. I didn't do my. I didn't do. My I think it's. I think it's research. Indian because the Brits had a lot of Sikhs. They had whole Sikh units in their military. See. So that would make sense. Looking at some of the pictures of those guys, yeah, it says does say it's an Indian religion and a philosophy. Oh, there you go. That originated in the Punjab region of the Indian subcontinent. But you see some of those guys with just glorious beards. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't grow one of those. <laughs> I, I would be kicked out of the religion. They're like, that's all you got after yeah. a year? I'm like, I know it goes all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. It won't lay down. It won't comb out. It's, We're going to give you some extensions. I'm like, your yeah, why don't you go try Catholic? <laughs> yeah. I need you out of this religion. You're not a good representative. <laughs> like, I know. Sorry. Uh, okay. Well, good for uh, him. It's good yeah, for him. good, good yeah, that's for cool. him. You know, yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, I don't think he questions his loyalty or his ability. No, no. But, but you know, you got seventeen, eighteen year olds, and they're like, "Hey, how come I had to shave my shit, and this guy don't have to?" Yeah, yeah. there is that. So, um, you, you could just tell him, "Okay, fine. You can grow your beard out if you abide by all the other rules of this religion." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's like, a good point. Mm, okay, I quit. You've or the guy he talks it. to is like, how come you get to grow your beard? Because I also get to carry a knife, too. And he's like, okay, I got you. <laughs> Love your beard. Are you a Viking? <laughs> no. So let's get to kind of a crappy story. But 
It is interesting. And it's still, I'm, I'm going to tell this story every time. They're eventually going to find out that all that sunblock they told us to put on is going to cause us cancer. Right? So with that as the backdrop, this story yeah. from kffhealthnews.org. It was reposted in Marine Corps Times. A study links, quote, forever chemicals to testicular cancer in U.S. troops. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Right. This is horrible. Uh, let me man, show you it's this. always something. Drinking the water at Lejeune and Man, ah, right, right, and it's always just, everything that you you're like, are we good on this? And they're like, yeah, you're good. You really start to feel like we were lab rats constantly. So I'm going to leave that picture yeah. up, all right, as I talk about this story. Gary Fluke served in the Air Force for 37 years as a firefighter at the now closed Chanute Air Force Base in Illinois, Illinois. and the former Grissom Air Force Base in Indiana where he regularly trained with aqueous film forming foam or AFFF, a frothy white fire retardant that is highly effective, but now known to be toxic. Fluke volunteered at his local fire department where he also used the foam, unaware of the health risks it posed in 2000 at age 45, he received devastating news. He had testicular cancer, which would require an, oreectomy followed by chemotherapy oh man hundreds of lawsuits including one by fluke have been filed against companies that make firefighting products and the chemicals used in them and multiple studies show that firefighters both military and civilian have been diagnosed with testicular cancer at higher rates than people in most other occupations often pointing to the presence of perfluoral alcohol alkyl and polyfluoral alkyl substances or PFAS PFAS in the foam. Wow. The link between PFAS and testicular cancer among service members was never directly proven until now. A new federal study for the first time shows a direct association between PFOS PFOS a PFAS chemical found in the blood of thousands of military personnel and testicular cancer. Oh, Wow. Yeah, let me scare you even more. Old stocks of AFFF that contain PFOS, PFOS, were replaced in the past few decades by foam that contains newer generation PFAS, which Hmm. now also are known to be toxic. Jesus. (laughs) So it's like, don't worry, guys. We got rid of that PFOS stuff. We're using this PFAS stuff. (laughs) Like, hey, doesn't that cause cancer too? I was like, all right. All right. <laughs> um, it's funny in this picture. The non-hazardous foam is similar, is similar to dish soap. Right. 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 We'll address that. By congressional order, the Department of Defense must stop using all PFAS-containing foams by when? October 2024. Wow. You could still run it out for another year or so. Unbelievable. Man. We'll stop using it. Oh my God. Are you serious? Who was going to walk around and be around that shit knowing this? Well, now, right. I, I quit. Uh, though it can keep buying, though uh, the Department of Defense can keep buying them until this October. So wow. that's decades after the military first documented the chemicals' potential health concerns. Now, listen to this a DOD study in 1974 found that PFAS 
was fatal to fish. All right? No. Oh, okay. By 1983, nine years later, an Air Force technical report showed its deadly effects on mice. <laughs> Here it comes. 80, 83. Here it comes. In 83. But given its effectiveness in fighting extremely hot fires like aircraft crashes and shipboard <clears> blazes, <throat> the Defense Department still use it, uses it in operations. Rarely, if ever, had the military warned of its dangers, according to Kevin Ferreira, a retired Air Force firefighter. We were told that it was just soap and water, completely <laughs> harmless, he said. People running around in a plane. We were completely... No, 100%, Eric. Like, they would have family days. I distinctly remember multiple family days where the fire department would show up and they would put, like, jersey barriers around a couple of parking spots and just fill it with foam. And the kids would just go play with it. Just go running amok and having a great old time. It's, man, like, man. it's like silly shit. And you're like, it's foam, and they're just coming out all soaking wet and having a great <laughs> time. Look at him. And now you're like, oh, take, take your cancer. Roundup <laughs> all over nice. again, man. Yeah, yeah roundup. Roundup all, round yeah. all over again. Jesus. Uh, there are th- now, there are thousands of PFAS chemicals invented in the 1940s to ward off stains <clears throat> and prevent sticking in industrial and household goods. Along with foam used for decades by firefighters in the military, the chemicals are in makeup, nonstick cookware, water repellent clothing, rugs, food wrappers, and myriad of other consumer goods. Wow. Known as forever chemicals, they do not break down in the environment and do accumulate and do accumulate in the human body. Researchers estimate that nearly all Americans have PFAS in their blood, exposed primarily by groundwater, drinking water, soil, and foods. A recent U.S. Geological Survey study estimated that at least 45% of U.S. tap water has at least one type of forever chemical from both private wells and public water supplies. Something's going to kill you. (sighs) I just didn't know it'd be us killing each other. <laughs> Evidence is strong that exposure to PFAS is associated with health effects such as decreased response to vaccines, kidney cancer, and low birth weight, according to an expensive, expansive federally funded <clears throat> report published last year by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. This nonprofit institution recommended blood testing for communities with high exposure to PFAS followed by health screenings for those above certain levels. It also said that based on limited evidence, there is moderate confidence of an association between exposure and thyroid dysfunction, preeclampsia in pregnant women, and breast and testicular cancers. Wow. The new study of Air Force servicemen published July 17th goes further, linking PFAS exposure directly to testicular germ cell tumors, which make up roughly 95% of testicular cancer cases. What is the means of, I, I understand the water, but specifically the foam, does it touch you? Do you ingest it? Do you? I, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think it's a skin contact. Yeah. I think what it said, uh, going to back to that line, that it's an accumulation of it. 
okay. over many different ways of being exposed to it. Where I was going with this whole comment was, you know, with the firefighters wearing the respirators, I wonder if that did anything to protect them whatsoever. Oh, but, uh, I don't know. Or is it directly on the skin? Right. Is there rolled up sleeves and they're like, oh, oh, man. So unbelievable. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for the uh, sunblock to come out. You know, but that probably won't be till our kids. And they're like, if you put sunblock on in the 2000s, yeah, you're yeah. probably going to have cancer. So I wonder how many cancers we've created by the chemicals that we've made. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, many. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many. you go back 100 years and they're like, cancer. What? Cancer. We were dying of tuberculosis. And they're like, nope, we got <laughs> no. 15 different kinds of cancer. Yeah. Black plague with rats was our problem. We didn't Not need cancer, enough bananas on the ships, right? <laughs> we were getting scurvy. What are you guys dying of? It's like, well, we made shit. Yeah. That caused a whole lot of other shit. Mm. It's killing us in droves. So, anyway. Really sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, that sucks. So, that's going to be a whole new uh, thing. But at least they, at least they got the study now and not, you know, yeah. uh, years from 83. Now. <clears throat> well, there was evidence back then. Seventy. Wouldn't you, exactly. Wouldn't you like to see the VA maybe take some steps forward in in um, I don't know treatment? Not, not be reactive. Yes. Be get ahead of it. Try to get ahead of it. Yeah. Say those of you who are exposed that have not been diagnosed with testicular cancer, come talk to us. Let's I'm evaluate. Surprised, I'm surprised they haven't come out and said, "Hey." Did you use Simple Green back in the 80s? And you're like, yes, I did. I used a lot of it. Well, you shouldn't have. (laughs) Or better yet, how about your camo sticks? That we rub shit all over our face and our heads. Or or the bug spray. That toxic effing bug spray, man. Oh, we talked about that. (laughs) Yeah, geez, that stuff would just burn the skin off of you right away. Yep. And I found a tube of that in my garage the other day, actually. It's probably still good. It still had the military label on the back of it and everything. I think I have it in my motorcycle gear. (laughs) Just in case. Right next to the the anti-monkey butt powder. And and, and, and what's the, like, the roll-on freaking icy hot. And then, oh, man, <laughs> that stuff was so bad, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a story. Just to piss off Eric. But oh, don't, let's go with a happier ending. Uplifting. <laughs> Making you angry would probably be a happy ending. So. <clears throat> Uplifting for two out of three ain't bad. This is from Air Ooh. and Space Forces magazine. I'm already pissed. Uh, if you <laughs> did... Okay, the title is, If You Did Space Ops, You Could Become a, quote, Legacy Guardian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this even kind of pisses me off a little bit. Because (laughs) as I read through this, I I won't say anything, and I'll, I'll let you have your reaction. All right. For decades, tens and perhaps hundreds of thousands of airmen controlled and acquired satellites, managed communications and intelligence, and performed other space missions. Air Force Space Command at one time claimed more than 26,000 personnel. A bipartisan group of lawmakers are close to giving some of those airmen a chance to claim at least an honorary part of the newest military service, the Space Force. 
So, yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> throwing up in my mouth. Are you clearing your throat? Or, uh, you're just, uh, are you getting teary? I'm not sure. I had yep. some goo in there. He wants to be an honorary something. That's well, yeah, saying. yeah, you'd be an honorary Chuck Norris fan. There you go. Space. Yeah. Oh, uh, the quote Space Force Legacy Guardian Recognition Act, end quote is included in the House version of the National Defense Authorization Bill, but not the Senate version. The measure would allow the Secretary of the Air Force to establish a process for veteran space professionals to be designated as honorary members of the Space Force. They would be called, quote-unquote, legacy... Losers! Oh, sorry. Here's my thing. (laughs) What's that going to do for you? It's a waste of time! They spent so much, so many hours and so much taxpayer money just to be like, how about we try to force heritage on this new branch? I'm glad you brought that up. By bringing in old school bodies. Yes. You you drew the line. The line of that date is this. From that date on, your Space Force. From this date on, your Air Force. Same with that. That still applies. Right. 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 Marines, Navy, Army Air Corps, Army, Air Force. Those are distinct wonder like there's nothing wrong with it. Those Big are wall. distinct appointed as the new lines. chief general chief chief of staff. Just, just well, accept your heritage as common it is, sense, man. Acknowledge it just and roll on. Let it build. Don't artificially try to manufacture heritage. Exactly. Oh. But these four house members. Uh, are sponsoring this bill. And that's uh, Representative Salud Carbajal, a Democrat from California, Brian Babin, a Republican from Texas, Doug Lamborn, a Republican from Colorado, Colorado. and mm. Ted Lieu, a Democrat from California. Well, you so, got to get on a number of boards as a you know politician. You gotta, now you listen gotta, to what a bill. Le- listen to what a legacy guardian gets. Legacy guardians will be eligible for a certificate, an approved device, or other insignia of such designation. A new ribbon. That's it. That's exactly it. We're we're going to write a bill where you get a certificate, much like the certificate you got from completing your at-home driving school, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Just knock that puppy out. But you don't get an approved device. So you might get an approved device to wear, uh, wear, I don't know, but you could wear it uh, as a legacy guardian. They would not, however, be eligible for any additional benefits. <laughs> so well, why? Yeah. Does you that went. need to be said? Okay. <laughs> so look, for a while there, the Air Force did like a public relations campaign with, with spouses and dependents. Yeah. And you could actually sign up and get the Air Force to send you a Air Force wings pin. And then it had a P above in between above the star in between the wings for parent and really? an S above it for spouse. And as a joke, I was like, I thought it was ridiculous and a joke. So I signed my mom up for it. <laughs> she called me so excited. So look what I got from the Air Force today. It's oh, a, it's a, a parent. Pre-up. It was a parent. It was a 
square or like rounded corner square pin with Air Force sting or wings on it and a P above it. Wow. Really? Man, I had no idea that stuff works. Like my mom was jazzed about that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it made me think lower of all the men in her life. But if that <laughs> stupid pin could get her all pumped up, I'm like, all right, the bar is very low. Obviously. I am amazed that the politicians that spend expend time and money to come up with a bill that that has no purpose other than um, here's a piece of paper. And That's the thing. They spent our time and our money doing this. Nothing. They could have been cutting out other bullshit instead. Homelessness. Of bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. Unhoused, not homeless. Unhoused now, according to Colorado. Unhoused. Yeah. See. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Air that? Force exactly. Air Force parent lapel pin. No shit. Eight dollars and ninety nine cents. I mean, give my mom one of those. They sent it to her for free with a certificate. How did you do that? It was way back in the day. It was an outreach thing that they did. So at least I could go find one now. Buy it, huh? I'll, yeah, sh- I'll share the link uh, to that pin in the in the description. So. Uh, hell, it's probably too late for me. <laughs> well, you could get it for nine bucks. That's what I mean. I'm, it, she's going to go, Eric, you've been out 20 years now. Who gives a shit? <laughs> they had an S pin or a spouse or a star pin. Instead of P, it had an S or a star. I can't remember. They should, have, they should have a DW pin for divorce, divorce wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'd send her one, too. I'd send her that. That'd be awesome. Dependent spouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. Perfect. Uh, Ted Lieu, the Democrat from California, said this designation would not only bring together our space operations veterans with those who currently serve in the Space Force, it would appropriately honor the dedicated veterans and culture of service of the Air Force Space Command. By giving them another piece of paper. Do I have to update my shadow box? (laughs) Oh, you would. Yeah. Those... Thin metal is expensive, it. dude. <laughs> Put a new rivet in there. Oh. Uh, well, um, I don't know how much time we use to bullshit. I'm distraught, by the way. Space I know, I love it. Just love it. I'll see what you can get. <laughs> I, get I see. Let's I seek see. any Space Force student. Do they have a I picture can. of the certificate or the medal? They're going to spend... Oh, months, months oh, yeah. of having it. They're going to form a tiger team of no <laughs> right. less than 10 people yes, <laughs> and design this ribbon. But and then, well, you know, what's you know, what's odd. New Space Force ribbon. Show it to me. <laughs> Show it to me. Steamy. So, uh, you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, like the spouse group came up with this and they're like, Hey, let's push this forward and, and try to reward some people. These were four congressmen came up with this and introduced it to be written into law. I, I don't understand Texas. I understand Colorado. Two Republicans. California. California. Yeah. I I, I can only imagine. Two space states. Yeah. Right. I, I can only imagine that. Uh, I don't know. Kind of like when you go back to your enlisted performance report, right? Your EPR. Yeah. 
And they're like, okay, what'd you do um, this last year? Did you volunteer at all? Did you read a book? Did you? Uh, oh yeah. Did you do any college classes? You know, and I, I wonder if they had that for the congressman. They're like, did you introduce any bills this year? And they're like, ah, shit. Um, you want to get on this Air Force pin thing? <laughs> Let me throw just a little more information for you that I just found. Okay. Which me away. <laughs> not not on your article, but close. Uh, all right. Airmen and Guardians. This was this published uh, in the Air Force News. Published May 18th of this year. Airmen and Guardians can now receive decorations or promotions through recruiting referrals under the new Airmen and Guardian referral program. So your first referral, Achievement Medal. Second, Achievement what? Medal. Third <laughs> referral, Achievement Medal. Achievement Fifth. Medal for three referrals? Fifth no. referral no. gives you an Air Force Accommodation Medal or a Air Space Force, Force Accommodation. Five referrals get you an ARCOM or an uh, uh, accommodation medal? Accommodation medal. Oh I'm, how, I'm, how many for an MSM? How many for a meritorious <laughs> service medal? Let me see if I can open this thing up more. Dude, Marty, remember, do you remember that story where I told, I had one of my troops that held the door for a general and then gave a, gave a little bit of a briefing? And he got so proud of himself because he got like a two-star coin. Oh, sure. And sure. I and I told him that it's similar. It's like an unwritten rule, but it's similar to like a punch card. You get 10 stars, you get a step promotion. And I had him dead convinced that that was true. You know what this is called? <laughs> yes. And he was going and volunteering for all kinds of anything involved with the general. So this trying guy get, was brown nosing his way. Yeah, trying to get coins. Oh, so my turn all these coins in and a certain number of stars. If you got 10 stars, you get step promoted. This <laughs> the is name, the same thing. The name of this program. That is so good. That stellar so good. Talent Acquisition, Recruiting Referral, and Stripes for Referrals. Stripes for Referrals. Stellar Talent Acquisition Recruiting Referral Yikes. and Stripes for Referral. So you get medals as well as promotions. Wow. Why not? Right? Uh, I think uh, we'll save those other stories till next week. So that makes us rounds complete. And yep. And uh, on behalf of all of us here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, and subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And as always... Make sure to download the next episode for more service headline news. Men, thanks for the week, and I'll see you next week. Good night, fellas. Have a good one. You guys have a good night. And Eric, you might have dodged a bullet on that deployment, but you never dodged a clap. And uh, <laughs> did you ever uh, reapply for a purple heart for your little purple balls on that? Or no. No, I didn't have the pleasure. <laughs> There's still time. That's 10% from VA. what I understand. That's 10% oh, from the VA. That's 10% I don't need. Don't thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.